started the Promise Church uh, 13 years ago, the first people we went to recruit was uh, Pastor Brian and Mary. We went to recruit them, and uh, we're so glad. We've known them so, so many, many years. In fact, their, their testimony is in the new book, so what a blessing. Well, good to see you here all this morning. Praise the Lord. We're in for a, a substantial meal in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's get going um, on our new series, Preparing for Fire, uh, Famine, and the Flood. Now, I received prophetic insight from the Spirit of God about the signs of the times, um, and I wanted to share this with you because He's given me spiritual wisdom um, about the signs so that we can prepare for what's coming and what we're going through right now. Um, but you know, um, I'm not alone in this. In fact, I know the Spirit of God has spoken to many of you already. And that actually today will be much of a confirmation to you. You go, yeah, it has been the Spirit of the Lord talking to me. So um, I know God has been talking to you. And it's just, this, is, this happened. God spoke to me uh, much earlier in the year about what was going on. And in fact, I wrote about it in my new book. Um, so that's how far back I've known about it. But the time has come for me to share publicly What's going on? And I, I do want to issue a warning and to let you know that uh, people will not be able to navigate through the coming chaos and pressure naturally. You're not going to be able to do it naturally. Uh, they will not be able to defend themselves without God's help of intervention. So... Literally, I could say this categorically, no one will be able to escape using natural wisdom. All right, are you with me? Okay, so I want to make a categorical statement up the front here right now that this is not a political sermon. Please understand that because if you don't get that, what's going to happen is the devil is going to lie to you while I'm talking and then he's going to cause you to think that route and go down that route and what will happen is that you will discard the plot and the strategy that Satan is using because you will get caught up in the noise. I trust that you will not be so caught up in the noise and the chatter of what's going on that you miss what the Spirit of God is trying to say. I'm really concerned about that. So uh, you, need to, uh, you need to realize uh, and understand we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Ephesians tells us, uh, verse 6, that we wrestle against principalities, against powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we are, we're actually not engaging uh, people. Please understand, we're not engaging people. We're not, have, we're not dealing with flesh and blood. We're, we're dealing with the demonic spirits that are behind the scene. And we are all aware, I'm sure we're all aware, that there are two kingdoms in the world. There is the kingdom of darkness kingdom of, of Satan, and there's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. And we know that uh, when you get born again, you become a child of God, that you are delivered out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We understand that. So I want to pray for you this morning. If you'd stand with me for one minute, I'm going to pray a very, very important prayer for you uh, this morning so that you would understand what the Lord is saying to you. <clears throat> I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd open the eyes so that we'd be able to see beyond the natural 
into the spirit world. Um, give us vision to see. And Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you'd anoint the eyes and the ears of the hearers this morning. These are your children. These are the lambs of God. These are God's bride and wife, your children. So I pray, Lord, for that. And I pray that you'd give me utterance in the Holy Ghost, that I'd speak boldly the things that you've shared with me. And in the name of Jesus, we take authority over demonic spirits that would like to interrupt, harass, and, for, and, and, and stop me from preaching this and stop the people from hearing. So take authority over that in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said, Amen. Amen. All right. You may be seated. So Jesus intimated that we should be able to interpret the signs of the times. He said this in Matthew 16. He said, when evening comes, you say it will be fair weather because the sky is red. And in the morning, today will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. So he was actually intimating that they should have been. You should have been able to, if you can interpret the weather, you ought to be able to interpret the signs of the times. So, so the Holy Spirit is saying to us, you ought to be able to read what's going on. You ought to be able to understand what's going on. You're spirit beings. Agreed? Now, there was a time when Jesus came down into Jerusalem, and it's found in, in Luke 19. As he drew near, he said to Jerusalem, the city, he wept over the city. This is another occasion when Jesus wept. And he said, if you had known, he said to the city, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day. Everybody say your day. So this is our day. This is our day. And he said, had you known, especially in this day, watch what he said, had you known the things that make for peace, the things that make for peace, the things that will lead you God's way, the things that will lead you, uh, uh, you know, in Psalm 23, in the presence of your enemies, God will set a table before you. If you only knew what would lead you to peace, and I honestly believe that that is what the Holy Spirit is going to show us, how that we can be led into peace in this our day. He said, but now they are hidden from your eyes. So at that time, the people, when Jesus came on the scene and he was talking to them, he said, it's hidden from your eyes. Was it God's will that it be hidden from their eyes or was it Satan's will? So even right now, God wants you to see, but the devil doesn't want you to see. Isn't that the truth? devil doesn't want you to see what's going on, but God wants you to see. So pay close attention to this. Because what's going to happen because of the eyes were, they couldn't see, it says, For days will come upon you. Uh, he said, Your enemies, your enemies. So enemies are going to come against you, but you're not going to be prepared. He said, They will build embankments around you, surround you, and close you on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave one stone upon another. And this is because. This is going to happen because. You did not know the time of your visitation. That's the reason. So please hear me now. The Spirit of God is visiting you. He has been already. Today I'm making it easier for you to understand what He's been saying to you. I'm going to spell it out and make it clear. So this is the day of our visitation. This is the time God is going to lead us into peace. We're not going to have our eyes blinded and closed. You with me? All right. So that is what we believe in God for. We cannot afford 
to be spiritually blind, to be uninformed as to what the signs of the times mean. When they come along, what do they mean? Now, it's clear that if we reject the Spirit's warning, there will be dire consequence, won't there? There always has been throughout Scripture. And, of course, I'm not naive enough to believe that every single person is going to prepare based on what I say. Because some people are going to blow it off. They're going to go, ah, you know, just to ignore it. They'll ignore the warnings. Because they'll think it's sensationalism or conspiracies. It'll just, the devil will convince them it's just a conspiracy. It's, it's not true. Well, that's on them. I can't do more. The Spirit of God can't do more than bring the revelation to you. In uh, October in 2007, you were, if you were in San Diego, you experienced the fire that swept through here. Well, we had just rented a place right around the corner here in Lake Hodges. And uh, we had just unpacked, and our cardboard boxes were still outside. And uh, it was Sunday afternoon, we went down to the Starbucks right here by Lake Hodges, and we were sitting there, and we saw the smoke up at Ramona. And uh, there was a fierce Santa Ana blowing that day. We didn't think anything about it, and uh, it was really far from us. So we went home and had a usual Sunday night. And, uh, you know, the next morning, I got up to have my quiet time, and I could smell smoke. I thought, that, that smoke has come a long way. And through the curtains and through the drapes, I could see outside, and there was a lot of activity, and cars were going all over the place. It was so busy, and there was a fire truck standing in front of our house. I go, well, well, well at least I'm glad there's a fire truck here in case that fire comes here. But then uh, it can't jump Lake Hodges and then 50. It's not going to jump that. That's not possible. And anyway, it's up in Ramona. It's a long way from us. So I carried on with my quiet time and had my coffee, and then eventually awoke Jackie up, and she came through, and when she came through, um, uh, we switched on the, the, the telly, and we were watching the news, and, oh, they were telling us about the fire in Poway. I go, whoa, yeah, that's why we're smelling the smoke. It's Poway. And then, so we had breakfast, and then uh, it was time to shower Jackie, so she went through to the bathroom, and she's in the bathroom, and she says to me, I can see flames through the window. I go, no, no. No, no, there's no flames in the window. She says, I'm telling you, there's flames outside of our house. Women think they know everything. <laughs> you should have been here for the last four weeks and found out how much they do know. Anyway, so I go into the garage, I go to the side door, open the side door, and the fence against the house is on fire. And all of the cardboard boxes that we had used to move are on fire, and they've blown all over the house. I mean, there's fire everywhere. So I run out, and of course, I open the front door. There's the first responders, the fire people out there, trucks going, everything else. Going. And I'm screaming, fire, fire! <laughs> all of this is a true story. And they look up at me and go, and they turn around, like, Guys, there's a fire, and you hear there's a fire. You only figure it out now? You okay? You just figured it out, and there's a fire here? That's what, I th you know, that's what I'm thinking they're thinking. So I rush back inside, and I, we've got to get out of here. So I start throwing stuff into a suitcase, everything that's essential, like the IRS documents. Not kidding. <laughs> like my computer without the charger. 
like bottles of water and, and health bars and all the warm clothing I can find. Why am I doing this? Because I've just spent four years on the ships and that's what you do when there's a fire. You take the warm clothing, you take water, you take something that you can eat nutritionally. So I am just going back to my training. I'm not thinking that it's pretty warm outside of the Santa Ana blowing and everything. I rush to the car and I throw the suitcase into the back. It opens up so everything comes out. I've got an empty suitcase in the back. Everything in there. I rush out. I get Jackie dressed. We've got to get out of here. Back into the car with Jackie. We come out to the, to the thing and then I realized I'd left something behind and the guys won't let me back to my house. I said, but I've left this behind. He said, you better get out of here before you burn. I go, Really? It's that serious? So I'm coming out. I get down to the, the road that goes up to um, uh, Santa Fe. What is that thing that, that road called? Del Dios. I get down to there, and there's cops standing down there. And I said, can I take the left? Can I go this way to the, to the ocean? He said, if you want to die. I go, boy, thank you so much. Anyway, so I turn the other way, come down to the 15, hit the 15, going north. And everybody else is just like casually driving along, like nothing's going on. My heart is racing. This is craziness. So we get onto the 78. We head all the way west. We're going to get away from this fire. Go all the way to San Clemente. Get to San Clemente. Get the last hotel room. Rushing from this thing. Only to wake up the next morning to find out San Clemente is surrounded by five flyers. That the 15 is closed both ways. I see people nodding their head. They go, yeah, they, you know about it. We're, I mean, we are locked in now. Fire everywhere. Moral of the story. Moral of the story. I saw the smoke. There was a fierce Santa Ana. Um, I had switched my phone off at 8 o'clock at night, which I usually do, and get on at 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't have a landline, so I couldn't get a reverse 911 call. Okay, I smelt the smoke in the morning. I saw the fire trucks outside. When I put the news on, I saw that there was fire in Poway. Jackie saw the flames outside the window, and I was unprepared. How many warning signs can a person get and still be unprepared? And then when I ran for my life, I ran into a greater problem. Because I still wasn't prepared for where I was going. People, this is what's going on right now, right here in America and around the world. There's problems. And people are not going to be able to escape from them. It was about 95, the year 1995, and it was winter in uh, here in Southern Cal. And Kenneth Copeland invited me up to the pastor's conference that he has at Eagle Mountain Church in, in Dallas. So we went, not expecting Texas to be colder than San Diego. I'm a newbie, you know. I didn't know. So I went there with my San Diego winter clothes, which wasn't fit. For, it wasn't enough. Anyway, the next morning, I got woken up. We had a first-floor hotel room. We got woken up by construction people working outside our window. I mean, I, I was, this was irritating. So I open up the window and come to find out it's not construction people at all. It's somebody chiseling the ice off his windscreen. With this like, <laughs> Only if you live in a place where your car freezes up, do you understand what I'm talking about? I've never seen this before. Well, of course, 
I had the wonderful experience of doing the same thing when I got outside in my San Diego winter clothes. Then we're heading off to the convention, and we hit black ice, I think it's called. As we go over the overpass, it's frozen, okay? And so there's cars strewn everywhere on the side of the road, and that's why I found out why everybody was driving 30 miles an hour, so allowing me to pass. Because <laughs> in San Diego, we drive at 75 in the 65 mile, <laughs> as you heard in the announcements. It was by God's grace that we slipped through that without a multi-car pileup, okay? Moral of the story, moral of the story, I was unprepared, unprepared. I didn't know what it was going to look like there, what the winter, how cold it was going to be. I was unprepared for the roads. I was ignorant of the problems, and when I hit it, I was out of control. So this is what I believe is happening. There has been a change in the temperature in America and worldwide, and people are going to lose control of their life because they're unprepared. They realize that there has been a change. People are not so silly and so unaware that, they're not, that they don't realize that there's been a change politically, socially, economically. There's been a change, a cooling. Something has happened. But they're not slowing down to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. They're just keeping on, keeping on just doing what they used to do. And unfortunately, you're going to have some major problems if that happens. Now, the world was unprepared for Noah's flood. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 36. He says, No one knows about the day and the hour, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. He's talking about His return. And he said, nobody knows about this. Verse 37, he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So he's talking about his return, and he says it's going to be just like it was in the days of Noah. And now he explains what he means. He says, for in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day that Noah entered the ark. Just living a normal life. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. Before I move on for that, let me just talk about this verse 38. Some people think that there's going to be no rapture. Other people think that there may be a rapture in the middle of the tribulation. Some people think there might be a rapture at the end of the tribulation. For re what reason, I don't know. Um, it'd just be like a, going in the elevator up and down because he'd be back here. Anyway... <laughs> Jesus said at the time that he comes, and we haven't finished reading, at the time he comes, people will be living a normal life. Watch this. They'll be eating and drinking, giving in marriage, getting married, having children. So it says it's going to be normal. During the tribulation period, nothing will be normal. Nothing is going to be normal in the tribulation period. None of this beautiful eating and drinking and getting married and all this having children, nothing that's going to be happening. So this cannot be referring to during the tribulation. This has got to be referring to before the tribulation and at his first coming. And I'll prove it as we continue reading. Said how that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. That's the rapture. Two women will be in the field grinding, 
with a hand mill. One will be taken, one will be left. Still the rapture. Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So be prepared. Keep watch, be prepared. Be looking up, be ready, living ready, because you don't know when he's going to be coming. But he is going to be coming when people are living a normal life like right now. Will they be marrying and giving married and eating and drinking and everything else? And be, they'll be unprepared. So moral of the story, they were unprepared at the time of Noah. Why? They were unaware of their predicament. Spiritually dull. And they had rejected Noah's preaching on righteousness. Now, how long was the warning? Exactly. Somebody shouted out there and there. there. The warning was 100 years. How come? Because it took Noah 100 years to build the ark. And he was a preacher of righteousness while he was building. How many, of you, how many people think that the town came out to have Sunday picnic out there watching the crazy guy build a boat the size of an ark that was so massive? No lakes, no trucks to pull it to a lake. And what's more, it had never rained. So they couldn't, in their wildest imaginations, believe the judgment that he was talking about was going to be a flood that was going to wipe everybody out. You crazy old man, it's never happened before. It's not going to happen now. So they rejected the Spirit's warning. They rejected the, 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 the preaching of righteousness, and they mocked the people who were preparing for it. Sila, which means think about that. They couldn't imagine the devastation. Now, Satan's end game. We're getting to the heart of the message, and this is the beginning of the series. Satan's end game is world domination. World domination. That means total control of the human race, demanding worship from them as God and as king. That's what he wants to be worshipped as. Now, what has happened is he has accelerated his strategy. He's put his foot down on the gas to take control of the world population. That's what's going on. Okay? So Satan is going to force people into submission if they will not yield to persuasion. Let me ask you, does God force people to go to heaven? Does God force you to do anything? So anything that is forcing you is not from God. Remember, I'm just, just looking at Scripture. I'm just looking at God's ways of doing things. Okay. Satan is trying to persuade people. How does he do that? He offers them fortunes, fame, success, even personal happiness. So that people become too busy and don't need God. Too busy. Can't come to church. Don't have time to pray. I'm too busy. Too busy. He will dominate the human race at any cost. In fact, he will sacrifice humans on the altar of control. And if you don't think that will happen, 
I want you, don't under, uh, underestimate Satan's ability to deceive and to beguile and to manipulate people. If you've read the Old Testament, you probably saw that King Manasseh of Judah built two altars in the temple courts, in the temple, two altars, and then sacrificed his sons and daughters on fire, in the fire, in the temple of God. That's what King Judah did. And he built uh, um, other altars around for the people to do the same thing. They practiced sorcery. They practiced divination. They consulted with mediums. And they built altars to the god Molech, which is the sun god or the fire god, I should say, in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. And the people burnt their children on these altars. I want to ask you something. How does a parent get to that stage? How deceived and beguiled must you be to burn your children alive on an altar to a false god? Well, now let me talk about little some things that are going on right now. And again, it's nothing to do with political. I want to show you activity that's demonic control. Why are those who have had COVID, like myself, and now have natural immunity, being discriminated against unless I'm vaccinated? Why is it necessary for me and my family? Why are doctors with legitimate, medically proven treatments being silenced? There's an answer. Follow the money. Follow the money. In our in our current situation, inflation is now hitting us really hard. Uh, we have gas prices surging, especially in California, we have the highest gas prices. We have labor shortage. We have a supply uh, link or supply line interruption, disruption that's continuing. There's general product shortages, and these are all man-made. So with the product shortage and the continued supply, Inflation is going to go higher. It's very simple. So what's going to happen? What's happening right now is your ability to buy and sell is being restricted and it's been put under pressure. I'm going to say this. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this because I don't want the devil to lie to you. I'm not preaching a political sermon at all. Why are voices of concerned parents being silenced? Why are the FBI investigating parents who object to what's being taught at schools and being called domestic terrorists? I know the school board has apologized. How is it that daughters are being raped in their bathrooms at school by young men wearing skirts? And the father who speaks up at the board meeting, the school board meeting, gets arrested. The father of the daughter gets arrested, not the boy. 
How come? To accommodate transgender regulations. People, the free gift of God is our freedom of choice. And it is a constitutional right. And right now, it's being mocked. Our freedom is being mocked. The freedom of speech is being mocked. It's being rejected and it's being denied. Please look through the noise. Please look through the noise and look at the spirit behind it. You've got to understand something that during the reign of the Antichrist, you will have no voice. You will be silenced. If you speak up, you will be put to death. I was so upset when some vaccinated people said of a person who died who wasn't vaccinated, got COVID and died, they deserved it. There is such animosity against those who haven't been vaccinated. If you've been vaccinated, aren't you protected? Why would you be so angry at those who are not being vaccinated? So listen, Satan has brought division. He's brought division amongst families. People in families, close, blood people, amongst friends. In churches, church congregations are splitting. Parents and schools, everywhere you look, race, gender, those who are compliant and those who are trying to hang on to the freedom of choice. There's such division. Satan has started a worldwide fire, flood, and famine. And he's using fear to manipulate and to control the masses of the world. Fear is the central force in Satan's kingdom. And that's what he's using. He's a master at that. What is he doing? He is preparing for the rule of the Antichrist that is to come in the tribulation period. A system of government that will absolutely control the world's, listen carefully now, through the spirit of mammon. Because you will not be able to buy or to sell anything during that time without receiving the mark of the beast. Spirit of mammon. Jesus said this about the spirit of mammon in Matthew 6 and 24. No one can serve two masters. If you're underlining something in your book or making notes, make a note of these words. No one can serve. Either you'll hate or you'll love the other. Or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Now watch this. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to read out of, out of my book, page 127. This is taken straight out of the book. I wrote this here because I knew the Spirit of God showed me it was coming. So I'm going to read out of the book. Mammon, according to W.E. Vine's dictionary, the New Testament words is a common Aramaic word for riches, and it means riches and wealth, not simply money. It is not the possession of wealth, but the love of that is the spirit of mammon. So people who are wealthy and who are servants of mammon try to manipulate others with their wealth so that they can get what they want in this life. 
So people will do anything to get wealth. They will kill, they will murder, they will cheat, steal, and, and manipulate. Follow the money. God's kingdom is diametrically opposed to these unholy methods of obtaining wealth. God tells us to give, to receive, to love, to forgive, to be generous, to be rewarded with the blessings of wealth. The manifestation of the spirit of mammon is easily identified as greed, selfishness, and the placing of a higher priority on material possessions than on God. So, if you can't be bought, you're not under the power of the spirit of mammon. But conversely, if you can't or won't give to the work of God, then you're under the power of the spirit of mammon. Non-tithers trust the spirit of mammon more than the spirit of God. Now, I know that sounds harsh and judgmental, but I want you to hear me. Because if you are bound by the spirit of mammon, it will destroy you financially and rob you of the joy and the freedom of serving God. And you are most vulnerable right now because you're actually depending upon your own strength, your own wisdom and natural means to navigate what's going on. And God is not involved. So furthermore, the spirit of mammon will rob you of the blessings God wants to shower on you. Don't allow this demonic force to dominate you. It's a liar. It does not have the answer to your problems. God does. So examine your actions under pressure. Do you look for additional money to resolve your problems or God? So what freedoms are you willing to surrender for money? God told me this early in the year when I started writing the book. Remember Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You'll hate the one, you'll love the other, you'll be loyal to the one, you'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot. And there's no third choice. It's one of the two. This is such a powerful statement because Jesus reveals mammon's desire to lord over you. One of two people are going to be lording, either the spirit of mammon or God. Understand that mammon is a spirit that rules the world. Listen carefully. It offers an alternative to God. It persuades people to trust it rather than to trust God, to serve it rather than God, to possess, it possesses a, it, it poses as a substitute for God. Now, do not underestimate the power of this demon spirit. The book of Revelation says, and this is, I'm reading out the book, that the Antichrist will dominate the world in the great tribulation period using this spirit. He will control the ability of every person on the face of the earth by limiting their ability to buy and sell goods. If you can't buy or sell, it's a spirit of mammon that's controlling. Jesus warns us there's no third choice. Either you serve God or the spirit of mammon. You cannot serve both. Now let me continue. The rule of the Antichrist. Okay, that's the end of my reading. The rule of the Antichrist system of government during the tribulation will use the spirit of mammon to control the entire world. Let me read out the book of Revelation and explain this to you. Verse 13, chapter 13, verse 6. He also forced everyone. Say forced everyone. Say it again. 
Say it one more time. You need to understand that the spirit of Mammon and Satan and the Antichrist are going to force people, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or their forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark. You can't buy or sell unless you have the mark. You cannot go shopping. You cannot buy food. You cannot supply for your family. You will not have a job. Unless you receive the mark of the beast. Or the number of his name. Never before in the history of America are people being forced to take a vaccine to keep their jobs. Or to apply for a new job. You apply for a new job and on the application they ask, have you been vaccinated? If you haven't been vaccinated, you're not even considered. You can't travel internationally. You can't attend college. Certainly not here in San Diego, in most places of the country, you cannot go to college unless you've been vaccinated. You can't teach in college. You can't eat in restaurants, certain restaurants, certain here in, in Los Angeles. You can't even shop in the malls in Los Angeles. And people are being denied medical treatment unless you had the vaccine. Where is, where is the, the daughter here? Her mom passed from uh, knee, we're going for a knee operation. Just wave your hand at me. They wouldn't treat her here in San Diego to give her a knee operation until she had the vaccine. She had the vaccine and she had, then she had a booster vaccine to get treated. She was, and other vaccines as well. And she was perfectly healthy. She, everything was healthy. How long after the vaccine did she die? One month. Five weeks. She died of... of of blood clots, cardiac arrest, and her heart was perfectly fine, no problem had been tested. Five weeks after the, the shots, she was dead, and she went in for a knee operation. Okay, so it's, I want to, again, I'm telling you, I want to bring it close to your attention. How is it, how is it that the hospitals are fudging the numbers because they get $39,000 per vaccine, per COVID death? Follow the money. Follow the money. Now, let me categorically say the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. That will occur during the middle of the tribulation period, so it's not the mark of the beast. But it is a precursor. What is it doing? It's preparing the population. It's breaking down objections. It's preparing you socially and mentally to be forced to take something for your own safety, for your own good. Now, what is the fate of those who take the mark of the beast? What happens to them? In Revelation 14 and verse 9, it says, A third angel followed them and said with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured out full strength into the cup of his wrath. He will be tortured with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels, uh, angels and of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever and ever. Say forever. forever. They will be tormented forever. These are the ones who receive the mark of the beast. There will be no rest for them, night or day, for those who worship the beast in his image, or, or 
for anyone who receives the mark of his name. So whether you worship him or whether you receive the mark, it doesn't matter. See, a false prophet is going to be there at the same time as the Antichrist. And what the false prophet's going to do is he's going to make an image, a huge image. And he's going to force everybody on the earth to worship the image of the Antichrist. This is in the Bible. And if you don't worship the image, you're going to die. You're going to get killed. Well, where did the devil get that idea from? The devil's been around a long time. From Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar did exactly the same thing. In fact, he was the greatest uh, pagan king, the wealthiest pagan king, the most powerful pagan king of his time. Remember, he had the dream of the big image, and, and Daniel interpreted the dream and said, you're the gold, you're the golden head. And God has said, your, your kingdom is, is just great. And after this, he builds himself an image. Now, listen carefully. This image that he builds is 90 foot tall. 90 foot, 90 feet tall, 9 foot wide, and made of gold. Gold. If you could just get 9 inches of gold. <laughs> 9 centimeters of gold. Never mind 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. That's a lot of gold. Okay? That's a lot of wealth. But he says... If you will not bow before the image of gold, you will die. Spirit of Memon. Bowing before the gold. Bowing before the image. And we know Nebuchadnezzar uh, put three Hebrew boys into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't listen. Is that right? Okay, that's what happened. So, Satan wants to be worshipped as the greatest king like Nebuchadnezzar. He wants to be worshipped for having the greatest kingdom. And in the Great Tribulation, everybody will be forced to comply. Now let me tell you how dangerous this thing is. And how already Christians, well-meaning, mature Christians, are uninformed. I play golf on a regular basis once a week. And there's a whole group of us that play together. So I get to know everybody. They know me, who I am, and what I stand for. And there's a couple of Christians that usually are in our group. And we talk about the things of God. And, you know, um, I don't want to be correcting them every time they say something that's wrong. I just, I just let it go, try and get on with the game. Um, but this particular one was something I couldn't let go. They were having a men's Bible study. Okay. We'll get together for a men's Bible study. No oversight of the Bible study. Just everybody giving their own opinion. And they were studying the book of Revelations. Everybody giving their own opinion as to what they thought it was. You can imagine what a spaghetti mess that was. But this is worse, the outcome. They decided, they decided, this group decided that it was okay to take the mark of the beast. Because they wouldn't worship him, they would continue to worship Jesus. And as long as they didn't deny Jesus, God would be okay with it because God wouldn't expect them not to feed their families. God wouldn't expect them to starve. So they would have to get the mark in order to feed their family and to have a secular job. So it obviously would be okay with God as long as they didn't denounce Jesus. And I said, you obviously haven't got to the back of the book. Yeah. 
The back of the book says that people who take the mark are going to be burning forever and forever and forever and forever. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire, and they're going to be put to death forever. And you take the mark of the beast, you're done. You're done. Well, I don't see it that way. That's okay. That's okay. That inspired me to preach to you. Because if there are Christians that are that dumb that can't breathe, who can't read what it says in the book, then their eyes are blinded like it was in the time of Jerusalem, and you don't know what leads to peace, and chaos and catastrophe and devastation is going to come to you and your family because you don't know what the Word says, and you're unprepared. Now, here's the good news, and my time is up. The good news is that God has a way out for us. He is going to provide for us to prosper. In this time, He's going to provide peace for us, and He's going to lead us and guide us. But that'll be for another week, not today. Amen. Everybody take a deep breath. (sighs) Say, thank God I'm free. Thank God Almighty in Jesus' name I'm free. Amen. Father God, I thank you for your spirit that has brought teaching and understanding to us today. We look beyond the noise. We look beyond the political fiascos that are continuing and going on. We look to the spirit behind this and we see the spirit of control and how you're using the pressure from this, how Satan is using the spirit of mammon to pressure people to fall in line with what he has planned for them. Father, I pray that your people will be as bold as the lion will be courageous, will take the word of God and stand against the wickedness that's coming upon them. But they will be free and to follow you in the name of Jesus for complete deliverance and complete provision in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So next Sunday will be prophet here, both morning and evening. We don't usually have an evening service. But he will be here in the evening, so especially if you didn't get a word in the morning, you feel like, you know, uh, you want to come back. He's going to teach as well for a little bit with some praise and worship. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a super Sunday. And uh, we will receive an offering both morning and evening for the prophet, just to let you know that is what we usually do. Our custom is to bless the speakers when they come. If you need prayer for anything today, uh, please, we'll have our prayer team and our ministry team up front if they'll come up here right now. Um, if you feel like you want, uh, you know, help me, I want to get closer to Jesus uh, after hearing this message today, just say that to them, we'll pray with you, or you want to receive the Holy Spirit, or you want to receive uh, uh, healing, or whatever it is, uh, come forward and let us pray with you today, amen? All right, well, have a great week, and we look forward to, I'll continue this teaching then the week after the prophet, all right? God bless you. Have a good week.